You are listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast. I'm Mike Luke, joined by John Schuster. We're going to be talking about what to expect in year two of a coaching change and what an expert like a John Schuster has looked for in the past. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening to Locked On Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by John Schuster. Hello, John Schuster. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Fair to Midland, as uh, some folks have said in the past. Some folks from generations in the past like to uh, utilize the term fair to Midland. Not entirely sure where fair is, but there are probably some Midlands around, and that's more or less how things are going. Midland sounds, it absolutely sounds, and I'm sure it is a city in Texas, but it does does sound sound like it sounds like a place that would absolutely be in Texas. Yeah, so, you know, that's fair, and I'm somewhere in between the two. All right. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit. We're going into year two of the Jed Fish regime, and I was a little bit different than year. We graded a little bit differently, but you know what? Different strokes for different folks. First question I got for you, though. Yeah. You've seen some bad Arizona football over the years. No, that, that, that's a lie. That's a lie right out of the gate. Nobody we know who has watched or listened to or utilized whatever sense they might have in regards to Arizona football can say that the product has ever been bad in their lifetime just can't i mean you could say it but you and i both know that's a woefully inaccurate statement that is true just because they were one and 11 last year and lost to nau uh how you could reach the conclusion that we've seen our share of bad football uh would be a difficult thing to reach before we get to your query though i have a query for you does any of you play asu this year oh let me look while you look and I'm guessing the answer is yes. How possible is it? Ooh, I know where you're going with this. Yes. How possible is that? Well, obviously, I, I mean, you got one of them in the bag. And yep, you got they an are. They do play this year. And September you have an ASU team. Oh, boy. And you have an ASU team that's really bad going through a lot. Can you fathom NAU knocking off the two larger schools in consecutive seasons? At, at what point then does NAU become the uh, meteor that you, everybody's talking about conference expansion? How are we not talking about NAU at that point? In the Pac X, I think you make an excellent point. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, by, by, by the way, there are many reasons since I'm sidetracking and using all of my material out of the gate in the opening segment. You're good. There are many. There are many thanks. Thank, thanks. I'm really good at pacing myself here. Uh, there, there are many You're reasons down. Why, why from this point on. Uh, if I was putting the beer down, I would be pacing myself in a very different way. I'd be sluggish. Um, why, from this point on until some stuff gets figured out, you can be professional and call it the Pac-12, but I'm calling it Pac-X from this point on. Um, oh, until, until they figure out whatever the crap is going on. The way I figure it works something like this. Uh, X could mean... X means we don't know. It's kind of a placeholder. We don't know how many teams are ultimately going to be there. Uh, It could mean that you're dead. It could mean it's the Roman numeral 10. So all of that fits. And even more so, if they add four teams and you stick with Roman numerals, 
All you did was add an IV and you could still be on life support. Wow. That's deep Thank on about you. 20 different Thank levels. You. I thought that was pretty good material. I'm sure nobody else in the listening audience did, but I enjoyed that uh, while I was working on in-depth creativity and trying to avoid your question about what I'm looking forward to in year two of a coaching uh, circumstance uh, with the powerhouse that is Arizona football. Let's go back then, because do you remember when Dick Tomer, you know, were you in it? I mean this actually seriously. You were in, were you in Tucson by the time Tomey had taken over? No, no, no. Okay. But, but we'll pretend I was. Let's okay, pretend fair I enough. Was because, because I talked to people who were, and therefore by proxy, I was intimately connected to Arizona football at that point. Correct. Yeah. 1987, 88. All right, so Dick Tomey comes in, and that was also pretty much of a, that was kind of a train wreck as well, correct? Uh, four, four, and three. Uh, one of our, uh, one, 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 one of our- Three ties? One of, yes. One of our mutual good pals um, uh, who we occasionally hang out with at home um, wrote in a column uh, for the Wildcat that even Ben Lindsay could win four games. In oh, reference wow. to what he thought about Dick Tomey's first season. Wow. <laughs> wow, okay. It's suffice to say this individual was not. Uh, now, I don't know if football coaches actually have Christmas card lists anymore. At the time, they may have. And I don't know if reporters were on that Christmas card list. But I'm guessing that this guy was not and perhaps never was. If there was a Dick Tomey Christmas card list, I'm thinking uh, even Ben Lindsay can win four games, probably is going to get you kicked off of that thing. Was that because Larry Smith, uh, who Dick Tomey took over for, obviously, was at that point considered the best coach in school history? And, you know, generally they were. And should still be, yes. Uh And generally they were winning eight or nine games pretty much every single season. So it's like Dick Tomey comes in and you're like, wait a second. This is a step in the this is a step backwards where. Where uh, Jed Fish has a, a leg up is nobody can look at Jed Fish's record and say this is a step backwards from what he inherited. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Uh, and I, I think in situations like this, uh, you hope that Arizona shows signs of potential with a lot of the new recruits coming in. And you're still dealing with, you know, 18, 19 year old kids playing against 22 year old kids. And sometimes there's going to be a factor where they get dominated here right. and there. But Arizona last year, I think, was a reasonably competitive football team for about 40 minutes and then got worn out in the last 20 and and the games got away from them. Uh, If Arizona can do better than 40, I think that's a step in the right direction. I would expect that. If Arizona is is an uncompetitive football team on a consistent basis in the last 20 minutes of games this year, that would concern and surprise me. Uh, So I expect them to be more competitive. and, And part of me thinks... There, there's a chance they can win more games than we think, too. I love the over over two and a half. Now, you could say, well, Mike, you also like the over of zero uh, against whatever, you know, whatever it was two years ago, and that certainly didn't play out. So uh-huh. you, could, you could play that which one would – whatever it was, it one and a half last year? Uh, I think, yes, and it was, no, it was, I think it was two, no, it was two for a full football yeah. season. Full and back-to-back seasons – Yes. Those sucker bets made us suckers. Yes. So you're tripling down on Arizona's over underline this year and guaranteeing, guaranteeing that Arizona's going to win more than two games this year. Third time's a charm? That third time's a charm. 
All right, but, you know, so let's talk about it a little bit, though, with Dick Tomey then, because so he's coming in off the heels of, or obviously, Larry Smith. What was just, and again, we're pretending that you were an expert from that time period, even though you were following. Yeah, I appreciate the pretense. Yes, but what was your, like, you know, just what was the what was the vibe in year two, though? Was it, you know, like you'd quoted a good friend of yours who was uh, covering the team for the Daily Wildcat, but what was just the vibe around Tucson with Dick Tomey? early on i i don't think he enamored himself to folks right out of the gate uh offensively things i think were a concern uh i'm not sure there was it wasn't the out and out apathy we've experienced over the course of the last most of the last decade uh but you know i don't think there was a whole heck of a lot of rousing excitement either i mean anytime you're in year two of a coach you're still hoping things are going in a in, in a good direction, but Tommy, I'm not sure Tommy is the example that I'd make here. I think the the better example and what you're hoping for, at least from a fan interaction standpoint, might be Mike Stoops. Well, I was going to actually, I was actually going to go there. I just wanted to basically today, generally, which is Friday, I wanted to kind of go and generally speaking, it's it's very. Tommy is a very interesting character, and our pal Brad Alice has talked about the revisionist history that has gone into Dick Tommy and his coaching tenure here. And right. I think he makes a lot of good points, especially in regards to how we look back at Tommy as being this phenomenal football coach who got the most out of this program that maybe you possibly could and was a good character guy and had a lot of uh, loyal players uh, on his side. Much of that is true, but Tommy never really resonated. I don't want to say never, but didn't resonate with the fan base as much as perhaps he could have. And so as a result, when you're talking about the tenor of how fans felt about Tommy or felt about year two of Arizona football, I think it was sort of, it wasn't a malaise. I don't want to suggest that it was that. They, they had good numbers in the building. People showed up. They wanted Arizona to win. They felt it like Arizona had a chance. But I don't know that there was this rousing excitement uh, overall around the product. They, you know, I, I'm not sure what you're thinking in the mid-'80s. Do you think Arizona's going to go out and win 11 games, or do you hope they're competitive and maybe luck their way into something? I think right. at that point, that's more or less what the fan base was thinking. I think the fan base was significantly more excited – with your chronology moving forward uh, than it was ultimately under Tommy in those early stages. All right, so then let's talk about it then. First, though, I want to tell you about Built Bar. John John Schuster has friends in Utah. John Schuster has spent time in Utah. John Schuster knows the Utah scene. The one thing that John Schuster has been on from day one is Built Bar. When you look at Utah football, what's the one thing that you always think of? Physicality strength, dogged determination, conquering in the trenches. This is Utah Ute football. Is there any doubt that Built Bar is based out of Utah? Oh, I think there's obviously no doubt about that because you and I both know it, and now we understand why, and we have provided information as to why to our worthy listeners. Not only have we diagnosed an issue, we've given you a, we've given you a solution already. That's the way it is, though, with Built Bar. Check it out. Schuster likes blueberry. I like blueberry as well. Check out the blueberry. That's called a hint. We will be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. I almost said I'm your coach, Mike. I'm your host, Mike Stoops. Um, all right, so... 
one era though that because today and tomorrow we're going to be going in kind of chronological era or era just kind of in that second uh you know that second year of a coaching change because we've seen a lot of coaching changes here at the u of a so dick tomey resigns two years after going 12 and one and i think and you're exactly right schuster uh, by this time i was of knowledgeable age to at least understand what was going on the city was ready to move on no matter what anybody says there were people that were rallying for dick tomey there was just you know I, I think people appreciated what he was able to do, but I think everybody thought that there was a higher apex that Arizona football should be striving for. Before you continue, and apologies, I think uh, Tommy is the interesting paradox here. Tommy is a football coach who needed to be able to get in front of the fan base on a little bit more functional basis, but I think deep down ultimately didn't care whether he was playing football in front of 50 people or 50,000. And that was sort of, that was oddly standoffish, I think, to the fan base uh, who felt like they wanted to be more connected. Now, part of the paradox here is that Tommy's the last coach who had some, some who, who had Lunchbox Fridays uh, right. or whatever that event was, where once a week, he'd act, if you were a fan, you could show up and talk directly to Dick Tommy on a Friday in some classroom at the U of A, and he'd answer right. all your questions. No other coach, I don't know how many coaches did that before, no other coach has done that since. <laughs> you know, it was a right. so, so it was right. very. It wasn't that Tommy, Tommy's Tommy's phone number was in the book. You could call Dick Tommy if you looked up his number in the phone book. So he was right. accessible. He was this ridiculously accessible coach. So it does it's not like he didn't like the fan base, but he just kind of wanted to coach football. He wanted to build character. He wanted to guide kids. He wanted to be sort of a Father Flanagan thing. I think to a large degree, he liked the competitive nature of it. And to that degree, he didn't, he didn't want to lose. But if they lost, sometimes that was a lesson in the long term. Fans don't want lessons. Fans want to win football games. And so there, right. there, there was this weird dichotomy that he always experienced, even though there was accessibility he wasn't really a marketing guy, so he didn't really care who came out and played for you know, not not who played for his football team, but in essence, who watched his football team. So all of the right. excitement aspect, the marketing aspect, was not necessarily a Tommy strength. It had to be a strength with following athletic directors and other coaches that came through the program. So John Makovic then takes over for Dick Tomey. And again, you're listening to Locked On Wildcats. We're kind of running through a chronological, uh, you know, chronological uh, era. No, era is not the list, essentially, of just what Arizona football coaches have been facing in that second year to kind of compare and contrast to what Jed Fish is. John Makovic takes over after uh, Dick Tomey, obviously, in 2001. And it was an odd hire from the beginning. Nobody quite understood it. And, you know, he comes in with this, uh, he comes in with this, uh, you know, comes in with a suit, comes in with, you know, it's 110 degrees out. He's basically going to be the exact opposite of Dick Tomey. He's going to have high rate offenses. And you know what? We'll take chances on defense. We're going to win games and we're going to be cool looking doing it. That never happened. He was never able to really get any credibility or any love from the city, to be honest with you, or at least, at least from what I remember there. No, shoot. I think that's, uh, it's hard to argue that. I think. If you want an example of why throwing the baby out with the bathwater is a bad idea, it's John Makovic and Dick Tomey. Uh, because Arizona's entire attitude was after they probably couldn't find whoever it was they were ultimately trying to navigate to hire for this position. And that process was 
messy, right. convoluted, and didn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense either. What they ultimately chose was the guy who was in every aspect exactly the opposite of the guy you just got rid of. So what you're basically doing, let's say Dick Tomey was a 50% good and 50% bad coach. So what you've now done is thrown 100% of that out, hoping that you'll get what at best, a 50% good and a 50% bad coach. So, so really, right. even though everything's entirely different, you've basically, in your best case scenario, gone for a wash. And obviously with Makovic, it was not best case scenario. He never, he never fit here. The arrogance never fit. Tucson, especially its football aspects, Tucson's a very blue collar town. They like right. there, there was that component. They liked Smith because Smith played good defense. Now, again, they want to win football games. Okay. So, so, so being tough on defense only gets you so far. Right. Uh, but that was Arizona's mantra. You, if you played Arizona, you, you were going to, you knew that even three weeks later as a football team, you were going to remember, oh, yeah, I remember when we played Arizona because they kicked the hell out of us. We might, might have yeah. won the game, but they kicked the hell out of us. Right. Uh, Larry Smith had teams like that. Dick Tomey had teams like that. Makovic went in. And, and I think the fan base appreciated that to some point, although they ultimately, again, wanted to win more games. Um, Makovic wasn't able to get any of that working. He, the attitude that he presented was anathema to a lot of Tommy's recruits. Uh, and then he couldn't recruit other players to suit him either, d- discovering that Arizona's not an easy place to recruit, and none of it worked, and it just completely exploded on him. Uh, and, and maybe we should have seen it coming, and it should probably be a cautionary tale uh, for coaching hires moving forward. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk about, I think, the most uh, relevant um, comparison, and that's Mike Stoop, or for what Jed Fish is inheriting right now. Mike Stoop's taking over for the John Makovic era right there, and what he was able to do, how he was able to get people excited about U of A football. For as ever brief as it was, people here were excited about U of A football. There's no doubt about that. We're going to get into that a little bit more tomorrow, obviously. But, you know, right now, again, the Tommy, the Tommy comparison, the Makovic comparison isn't really astute. I just wanted to be able to kind of give a, a template as to what all these coaches have kind of had to deal with. And one thing about it is, is that Arizona football is just not an easy place to win. You've got to go kind of above and beyond here because it doesn't have, as our good friend Kevin Woodman would say, the built-in bells and whistles of other places across the country and, heck, even across the conference. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I figured you were wrapping up there. That's why I let you. I still got one more minute. Got to go over 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, yes, I would agree. I'll talk slow. I would agree with everything you just said in regards to how that uh, lays out. But, uh, you know, I think coaching changes are always interesting. There's always room for hope. Uh, but how that uh, manifests itself ultimately has to be uh, eventually you got to play games and see how well you can do and whether there's improvement. And, uh, you know, I think those, you know, uh, the 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 suggestions and evidence you're kind of using uh, as we move ahead here uh, are going to be uh, perhaps interesting to delve into uh, and look into as well as Arizona was trying to make headway as far as its football program was concerned. Okay, we're going to be back with you tomorrow breaking down the the unenviable task of following John Makovic 
which is what Mike Stoops did. And I think, and well, well, you know what? I don't even want to, I want to tease this because I think that we hold Mike Stoops in higher regard, I think, than a lot of people probably do out there. And we're going to explain why and talk about how it compares to the Jed Fish era. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.